Hello, this is Mary Lee, and you're listening to On the Wings of Love, a Bachelor podcast. A Bachelor fanatic's review and analysis of all your favorite Bachelor contestants. Ever feel like you have nothing to wear? Like every day you look in your closet and all your clothes look boring and not interesting and you just want something different to wear, right? Well, that's where Rent the Runway comes in. I have been using Rent the Runway since 2017 and actually well before then. Um, But they have this awesome program called Rent the Runway Unlimited, which means that all the time you have a rotating wardrobe in your closet. So here's how it works. Rent the Runway will ship to you via UPS four items. And at any given time, you have you know as many items of those four items. You wear those four items and then you return them. And immediately, you pick out four new items. So at all times, you have four new pieces to your wardrobe. Rent the Runway has everything from designer handbags and jewelry uh, to the most beautiful coats and sweaters. And of course, what they're originally known for is their gowns. Use Rent the Runway Unlimited and use my code for, get this, $100 off your 30-day trial. Use my code, and this is the long one, rtrfam 525 a Welcome back. This is Mary Lee, your host of On the Wings of Love podcast. Um, So today's episode is going to be awesome. Um, I got the chance to sit down with a former contestant from Brad Womack's second season. That's season 15 of The Bachelor. Her name is Sarah Letke McCain. Sarah is also a fellow New Yorker. Uh, We actually have several friends in common. And gosh, I've heard about this girl for years. So it was such a treat to finally sit and talk with her and get to know her a bit and hear her story about her time on The Bachelor. And she really goes into everything, everything from leading up to night one, um, her interaction with production and how, you know, they set them up and what they allowed them to say and what they don't allow you to say, um, to, uh, the time in the mansion. And, uh, she actually was in a really great limo. So I'm excited for you guys to hear, uh, who was in her limo and her interactions with those women, uh, who you definitely know in Bachelor Nation, uh, as well as just what it's like to be on the show and from a production side, what uh, they control and what they don't control. It was a really unfiltered interview. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen to that. Um, but before I share that with you, I just want to briefly recap what happened last night. So they showed both of Brad Womack's seasons. So the first season Brad Womack was on was in 2007. And if you remember, uh, he had a final two women of Deanna Pappas and Jenny Croft, and he didn't pick either woman. You know, we saw that we got a update with both Jenny and Deanna. They're both doing great. Uh, as you all know, Deanna went on to be the bachelorette, uh, later and, uh, she married kind of someone from bachelor nation. So Steven Stagliano, her husband, is the identical twin brother of Michael Stagliano. And Michael was on Jillian Harrison's season. So, you know, 
by a way, she, she met her husband through The Bachelor, for sure. Uh, she never would have met Stephen if it wasn't for Michael. And she never would have met Michael if they both hadn't been on The Bachelor. So uh, Deanna is happily married, has two children. And Jenny is also happily married. And she has three children. Um, so it's, it was really great to catch up with them. Uh, that's what we know of the Brad's first season. Then three years go by. Brad does intense therapy. He even had his therapist come on The Bachelor and talk about it uh, back in 2011 and talk about how he's progressed and made leaps and bounds and um, should be ready to uh, involve himself in a romantic relationship. Um, But three years go by and he became The Bachelor again. And I just want to note, back then, they didn't reuse Bachelors that frequently. They had reused Byron, Jason Mesnick, and Jake Pavelka. Those were all previous contestants from prior seasons. But uh, it wasn't the norm. These women didn't know that Brad Womack was coming back for a second season. That was probably never in their mind that it might be Brad Womack. I think the production really set him up for these women to be surprised, for them to maybe be a little bit annoyed. Uh, And perhaps that's why the night one conversation really centered around uh, questioning Brad and his intentions. Uh, And I went back and rewatched just the first episode. Um, I did watch both of his seasons in real time back in, oh gosh, 2007 and 2011. That was so many years ago. So I've seen both of Brad's seasons, of course. So on night one, before he met all of the women for his new season, uh, production brought back Deanna and Jenny. So he had to face two of his exes the night he was starting his new journey. Uh, And I just thought that was really awful to be in a place where you're ready to move on and you're excited for the next chapter, but uh, someone forces your ex in front of you and not just one ex, but two exes. And Jenny was very gracious and, you know, happy for him. And Deanna was a bit bitter and you know, fast forward, this was three years later, she was engaged. Actually, both of the women were engaged, I believe. Perhaps Jenny was already married. Um, it was very interesting to observe that, uh, you know, it it made Brad's night start on a sour note that he had to face two of his exes, uh, one of whom was still upset with him and was suspicious that this was going to work out for him the second time around. Uh, and then he went on to meet 30 women. And as Sarah uh, points out, Sarah is the girl who you will hear in just a moment who was on Brad's season. This was a new concept to have 30 women. So I guess the seasons prior to hers, there were mostly 25 women. Production really had a lot of women for Brad to choose from. And um, anyway, I can't wait for you to hear her story. But uh, in quick recap, a lot of great women from Brad's season that come out of uh, his second season. We have Emily Maynard, who becomes the future uh, Bachelorette. You have Ashley Hubert, who also becomes a future Bachelorette. And you have a very popular, uh, Chris Harrison's one of his favorites, uh, as well as many people in Bachelor Nation, Michelle Money. So you have a lot of really interesting women who came out of this season. Um, And that's not even naming several others who were, you know, great. But Michelle Money, uh, Emily Maynard, and Ashley Hubert are, you know, Bachelor Gold. And they all were in this season. So I'm really excited uh, for you guys to listen to this interview. If you didn't watch last night's recap, 
go back on ABC or Hulu or wherever you can watch the episode and uh, catch it because there's some really nice little interviews with uh, Chantel. Chantel was his runner up in the second season. They also interviewed Emily Maynard and Ashley and JP, uh, as well as Deanna and Jenny. So it was as well as Brad, actually. Let me let me note this. This was the first interview that Brad has done on air in person in years. And I want to say since his season aired, but no one has got him on a podcast. No one. I mean, I have listened to everything you can listen to from, you know, Ashley, Ashley and Ben to the official to the ringer to, I mean, there's so many bachelor podcasts out there and I follow them no one has had the opportunity to get him on because he won't come on. So the fact that Brad Womack was willing to talk to Chris Harrison last night was huge. Um, I really thought they weren't going to have him on. I thought it was going to be another Alex Michelle where they recap his season and he doesn't want to talk about it. Um, So that was a really nice surprise. Uh, Brad talked about both times in history and he also revealed so, so, so proudly that he is in a happy relationship now. He's very much in love and he introduced his girlfriend to us. So I hope, I truly, truly hope the best for Brad Womack. He is still a very good looking man. Um, At the time he was known as the most um, best looking bachelor to date. I would say he's still one of the better looking bachelors they've ever had. I mean, if Tyler Cameron ever becomes the bachelor, he will be the best looking bachelor. Um, I don't know who would argue with that. He's so good looking, but Brad Womack's, you know, up there, at least in my book. Um, and a lot of women I'm sure would agree. Uh, so I think that was kind of like people liked him for that. And another thing they recapped on is Brad actually grew up well to do. And then his family lost their, their income and their finances. So he went from being well off to being really, um, poor. And I think he was either living in a trailer home or, um, slightly homeless. But, um, I I think that was a really interesting story that I had forgotten about. So, you know, kind of the riches to rags story and back to riches, because now he owns multiple bars with his brothers in Austin, Texas. You know, I think I appreciated Brad more when I rewatched last night's episode and got to observe how intuitive he is as a man um, and how, um, you know, all of these women really fell for him, especially his final four. So his final two in the first season and his final two in the last season. And no one had anything bad to say about him, you know? And I think Nowadays, it's really common. I want to. I don't even want to say nowadays. I want to say even going as far back as ten years, there are plenty of women who've been bitter about how their bachelors handled them and how they treated them. One of which, let's say Melissa Rycroft with Jason Mesnick. You know, he ended up marrying Molly, but he broke up with Melissa, and she was very bitter about that. Um, but none of these women had something really bad to say about Brad Womack. You know, Deanna seemed very confused that she wasn't picked. Um, But besides her confusion, she never said, well, he was kind of a jerk or I don't know. Maybe his character really wasn't that great. So I think he does a really good job of putting his best foot forward and perhaps coming across really great. And 
um, I have to believe if four women plus have fallen in love with him, then gosh, he, he really must be really engaging. Um, so I, I really do hope that this woman he's dating now, I, you know, just the hopeless romantic in me wants him to get married. So uh, I hope it lasts. And it was such a delight to finally see him on our televisions and finally to hear from him directly. Um, yeah. So with that said, let's get on to today's episode uh, where we get to hear in depth about the process of being on the show. So much information uh, is shared in this interview I have with Sarah. And um, she is just such a delight. She's gorgeous. Let me just say she's a beautiful girl inside and out. Um, I've always known that from my friends, but getting to know her um, for this interview was just, uh, it proved that. So I hope you feel her warmth through the microphone. I'm sure you will. Uh, And uh, anyway, with that, let's get to that interview. Thanks for taking time to... uh to talk with me today. I of so course. appreciate it. Yes, yes. Happy to do it. I I feel like we basically wore the same thing. Uh yeah, <laughs> I know what are the odds? I was like I'm going to wear real clothes today. Uh oh, me too. never happens. <laughs> Doesn't it feel nice to like It does feel pretty. nice. Oh, it, thank you. Thank you so do you. You really do. I mean like and you just had a baby. So that's insane congratulations by the way thank you you. well this is a trick uh normally i'm wearing no makeup my hair is in a ponytail and i'm wearing pajamas so (laughs) okay so going back to like 2007 when brad's season first aired um did you watch his first season no i did not oh wow okay so when did you start watching the bachelor i never watched it (laughs) Isn't that terrible? Um, no, that's great. I I I watched a few clips of Allie's season because, which I'm trying to remember when that was, but because there was there was like a couple guys that had been rumored on her season to maybe be the next Bachelor, right? Okay. I kind of I basically got in the, the Bachelor. It wasn't like a mistake as far as it was just kind of like a kind of like a oh that happened. There was a, an open casting call in Denver. I'd never watched the show. I had two girlfriends that were big, big fans of the show. And we were all working in Colorado at the time. And they're like, hey, let's go to this open casting call. Like, you should come with. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. So we, we drove down to Denver and, you know, you went through these little interviews. And I, they, they sent me through to the next round right there and then. And I didn't, I, at that point, I'd never watched the show, didn't know anything about it. Like oh, probably should watch a couple episodes and kind of see what's up. Um, but yeah, so I I did not know who Brad Womack was. I had absolutely no idea. Wow. Okay. So then let's talk about this dinner Denver interview. So you went down there and mm-hmm. okay, let me just set the stage. So at this time you were in your early twenties, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were um, working full time as an actress, right? A musical yes. theater performer. Mm-hmm. I was. And um. And also, so you're saying you went to an audition. So in your field, it this was very common to go to auditions. So what did you, how did you dress? You know, how did you act? Did you kind of approach this like a, a theater audition or did you kind of broach this completely differently? 
No, I, so one of the things I used to do uh, when I was younger was I competed in the Miss America organization. And so a lot of the Miss America organization was based around interviewing skills. So when I went in, you know, with the fact that it was just an interview, I treated it more of almost like a job interview or like a pageant interview of just sitting down and, and chatting with someone and trying to be as honest and real as I possibly could in that time. Um, I remember I wore, I, I just wore like a little, a little black dress, um, something pretty simple, um, I, I'm sure I wore heels because I, you know, that always feels nice. You feel nice when you're wearing your heels. Um, but other than that, I, I just remember I just went in. Um, I basically they would take one girl, you know, into each like there was like a couple different holding areas, and they would take a girl in and they'd ask them a few questions. And so I remember I was brought back and I was speaking to a gentleman, and then another producer came in and like sat in on my interview. And I think when all was said and done, I was probably. I probably talked to them for about, I don't know, 20 to 25 minutes um, where they just, you know, asked me general questions about my life, about me, um, about my dating history. It wasn't, it was just a very casual interview. Okay. So when they asked you about your dating history, like how much did you divulge? You know, I, this is it's terrible. This was so long ago. Um, I think, I, you know, at the time um, I had, didn't have a, a really large dating history. Um, I'd only dated like one person like decently seriously. And, and at that, that was only like, like maybe six months. So at the time, so my dating history was more so that if, if there wasn't a future, I wasn't going to waste your time. I didn't think it was fair to like, you know, drag anyone's heart through the mud, you know, or really like waste anyone's time unless it was actually something that I could see a future in. And so my dating history is more so lack of, if anything. Okay. So maybe they found that interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, for sure. So at this point you're in your early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they were picking up that you were career oriented. Right. Cause I, I guess because of the, probably because of, I was currently doing, oh gosh, what show was it? I think I was doing a chorus line at the time. Yeah. Okay. So I was pretty, I was pretty heavy into music theater at the time. Mm-hmm. And did they ask you a lot about your career? Or did they just ask you a lot about like what you were looking for in a man? And, um, you know, did they even like throw out names? Did they ask you like, okay, so who from Allie's, you know, most, the most recent season was Allie's at the time. So did they throw out names to you or, well, I you think know, I how did that come that up? I, I think I told them I'd never watched the show. <laughs> they didn't they didn't ask me any any questions as far as you know I think they probably I'm sure they asked me what I was looking for in a you know in a man um uh but I I don't particularly remember if there was anything specific beyond that they definitely didn't ask me about any any bachelors um and that was what was interesting that I about my season is that they didn't tell us who the bachelor was so literally, we didn't know. I mean, the limo pulls up where we're, you know, getting out to go meet him and introduce mm-hmm. ourselves. And I see this man standing there. And I, I knew who it was because the girls started talking about it in the limo with me. But I would have had no other idea if someone hadn't said, oh, that's Brad Womack. <laughs> so gotcha. I know. Okay. Yeah. Understood. Okay. Pretty well, crazy. no, that's. Yeah. And I think there were a few other women in your season who didn't know him, but for the most part, most women did. So, okay, let me just go back up a little bit for my listeners. Okay. So I am on the phone with Sarah Leckie. Now that's your maiden name. You now go by, Uh, you say your full name. 
my, my full name now is Sarah Ledke McCann. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, for those of you listening, you're probably wondering, I don't remember Sarah Lecky. Who is Sarah <laughs> Lecky? <laughs> and um, I don't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of unfortunate, but this your story happens to a lot of women. And it's this is the first time I've had someone who, uh, you know, was let go at this time. And I think it's a fascinating story to tell. Um, so Sarah, you know, I, I want to hear more of your story, but basically to sum it up, you went on the bachelor and you left on night one. So, um, we only have a, a short story to tell, but it's still a story about how you got on the show and your time on the bachelor and the process of how that all works. So that being said, um, you auditioned in Denver. You were living in Colorado at the time. Um, and what happened after that initial audition? So tell me the process from then until you went to L.A. for the filming. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, at the time I, I was working in Colorado, um, they told me basically at the, the Denver call that they were, in, they were very interested in me. I was like, okay, great. Didn't, you know, wasn't really sure what the process was from there. Um, I'm trying to recall there. I then went on to do a production of 42nd street in Virginia. So I left and then somewhere in there in that time, I got a phone call saying, you know, we'd like to bring you out to LA for some pre-interviews and basically a pre-screen. So they flew me out to LA, did a lot of interviews. Um, they do like, you know, understandably psychological testing you know, to make sure that, you know, they kind of understand what they're dealing with. How long was this lag time between that first interview in Denver and when they flew you out? Isn't this terrible? It was so long ago. It was probably a month or two. Okay. Um, and at, did, they do this, did they do it based on your schedule? You know, if you were doing a show at the time, did you tell them what days you had off and you were available they and had, that's when they flew you out or... Oh, that's a great question. They had two different options. Like you had like this weekend or this weekend that you could come out. And so I, for whatever reason, I picked one of the weekends and I was flown out there and it's just, it's, it's, it's a pre-screen. It's a lot, a lot of interviews. Um, you know, the, the whole team talks to you and just kind of gets a feel of like, how would you be presenting yourself on the show? Um, yeah. And so you meet, you know, a lot, a lot of people. I remember at one point I was interviewing for like, it was, there was probably like 30 people in the room. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's a lot of interviewing to just kind of find out, you know, more about you as a person and um, how you would be on the show. Um, and then I went on to do this production in Virginia. I got the official phone call that they did want me on the show. Um, at that point in time, you're assigned um, so essentially like a, a producer slash handler that kind of walks you through everything. And then they kind of continue to have conversations with you um, over the phone. Well, at least that was at, at the time. Again, this was, you know, almost 10 years ago now. I'm sure things are different now. But at the time, they would kind of uh, do like continued phone interviews with you to kind of like prep you with what you need to do and, um, you know, how to prepare yourself for when you're flown out. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I actually had to quit the contract I was on to go do the show out in LA. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So they flew you out to LA for a weekend. Um, mm-hmm. so I imagine they paid for your ticket. They paid for your hotel while you were there. Yes. Um, and were you just there for one night? Was it 
come in for a day of interview, spend the night? Did they give you per diem money to for a meal, or did you sit to dinner? Did you go to dinner with your producer? I mean, how did how was that whole process? Oh, of course. So everything everything was at the hotel. Um, you're essentially because of uh, understandably so. All of this is kept under wraps, of course. So you know you're you are basically in your hotel room. So yes, they do give you a per diem because you can order you know food in and everything. Um, but you're yeah you're basically confined to that hotel room, you know, until they, they need you just because, you know, unfortunately you're there, your focus is the show at that point in time. And that's why you're there. Um, and so, yeah. And then I think it was, it was a couple of days. Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe two or three days. Again, I, it's so long ago. I should have done, I should have written all this down. <laughs> should have journaled. I was not journaling at the time. Um, so I, it was a couple of days. It wasn't just like an overnight. It was a day or two that we were out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And did you see any other girls in that hotel who yeah. might be auditioning as well? Um, if, if I'm sure they were all there, but you are kept by yourself in seclusion. And so okay. I didn't meet any of the other girls then. Okay. Um, all right. So in this time, I know you said you had like a main producer, a main handler. Who was your producer? I, this is awful. I don't, she was very nice. I remember, uh, Oh, it's okay. It was forever ago. And like how much, I know you said she called you often and spoke with you before that, um, that interview in LA. And she probably spoke with you after that interview in LA. How often did she call? And what would she say when she would call? You know, was she just calling to check in? Hey, Sarah, how's your job going? Have you signed the contract? Or was she asking you much more detailed questions? Like, so Sarah, have you started dating anyone? Or um, Sarah, like, have you thought about your entrance for the out of the limo? Like, was she prepping you a lot? Or was it just basic uh, contractual questions? Well, so you know, and I don't know if it was just her and my relationship, but we just definitely got along. Like, you know, she was really nice. We were about the same age. Um, you know, we had a lot of really good conversations. It was probably a combination of both. Um, just kind of like chatting just in general, getting to know each other because obviously, you know, she was a, a big part of my journey and experience there. But then of course there was a lot of prepping of exactly like, you know, um, have you thought about what you're going to wear? Have you thought about what you're going to bring? Uh, have you made sure that you've looked through the packing list or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So yes, there was prepping, but a good majority of it was more so just kind of chatting, making sure I was doing okay. Um, kind of how my life was going right then at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's pretty common what they do is because they're, they're trying to get to know you. And then yeah. what I've learned since is they are trying to vet to other produ- producers. Hey, I have this girl, Sarah, I think she's really great. And I've gotten to know right. her and here's, here are some things that I can tell you about Sarah. Um, so part of that, I love how you're like, oh, she was just my friend. She was just getting to know me. And that's what everyone says. And I want to be like, no, she wasn't your friend. She was doing her job. She yes. was, but like we were, you know, I get it. You were young and naive and I probably would have been the exact same way. Um, oh, I had no, I had no idea what I'd signed myself up for. I had absolutely no idea. I really did it. I was like, this is nice. I'm going to go meet some, some really nice people on the set in LA. Everyone seems great. Everyone's so sweet. You know, I had no idea. It absolutely, it didn't, what didn't occur to me, which now looking back, obviously as, you know, a, 
older and wiser and kind of understanding the show more is that I had zero game plan. I had zero game plan, none whatsoever. Um, you know, and just kind of realizing that a lot for a lot of these women, they kind of come in and they're like, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to climb at the top. And then you have people like me that were like, well, how fun is this? This is great. And just had, I had zero game, did not know what I was doing. And, you know, I, I mean, that's absolutely why I got kicked off the first night. They're like, what is this girl doing? She's just, she's just here. That's great. She's not interesting. Go away. (laughs) Oh, I don't think it's because you're not interesting. It's not that. Definitely not that. Um, I definitely think the game plan might have had something to do with it, though. Um, Oh, absolutely. Because for sure, I think the women who come in and men who have, so to speak, an agenda about, okay, well, here's why I want to get out of this. Or I want to be um, X character. You know, I'm going to go in as the funny one or the villain or the quirky one. You know, like they know they have to kind of play a part um, to get ahead. But, you know, you played a part. You played a part for your job. So it's interesting that like you took this as an opportunity to just be yourself, which um, it sounds like you don't, that's not how you go about life. I thought I made it very clear at least to, you know, through my interviews that I really just wanted to come on and be Sarah. I didn't want to play a part. And I think that that's probably where a little bit of a disconnect might have happened because I think they probably thought, Oh great. She's saying that she's saying she's not going to play a part. She's saying she's just going to be herself, but then she's going to get on the show. She's going to be competitive and she's going to, you know, she's going to like that acting side of her is going to come out. And it really, I love the stage. I love everything about the stage. I love playing a part, but that's my job. And when it came to finding someone I wanted to spend my life with, that could not be further separated. When you finally get out there, had your family or your friends prepped you and said, Sarah, here are some guys that might be the bachelor. They might be the guy you're going to meet. Now, there had been some rumors that it was going to be, I'm trying to remember his name. They were, it was two of the guys from Allie's season. And I, I I want to say the rumor was, was there was like a Chris. Yes. So I I could tell you her finals were Roberto was number one. And then Chris was her number two. Frank was her number three. And Kirk was number four. Okay. I think it was Chris. And was there like a tie? Was there maybe? Yes. Yes. There was a tie. I think that I think the I think the rumor at that time had been it was going to be maybe one of those two, if I remember correctly. And then, um, yeah. So honestly, be- I really went in with zero expectations because I hadn't watched the show of just being like of of who it was going to be. I was like, I, I assume I'm just going to get out of this limo. There's going to be I I assumed a an attractive man standing there. Um, and I'll probably just talk to him and it'll be great. So I, (laughs) again, zero game, zero game plan, just, and I think it's, it's funny when people ask me about the show, I'm like, well, you may know me because I think I said probably one of the dumbest things someone has ever said on the limo. Um, and it really, at the time, it didn't seem stupid to me. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, my goodness, why did I say that? So, yeah, let's talk about your limo entrance. So, okay, this was filmed in 2010, right? Yes. Do you remember mm-hmm. what month this was that it started filming? Yeah, I think it was October. 
Okay, October. That makes sense because they typically do like October, November, and they finish around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. that makes sense. So it was October 2010. So you were in the last limo, right? Um, yes. And I thought, um, you know, we'll we'll get to, I have a few other thoughts too, but you're in the last limo. Uh, you have some great standouts in your limo. You had Kelty Knight, who mm-hmm. has now since gone on to co-host and produce the Lady Gang podcast. And it's also a TV show on E. Right. Um, Michelle Money was also in your limo. Um, and she later went on to do Bachelor Pad and Bachelor in Paradise. Right. Um, and she's now dating a professional golfer. So she's very much in the limelight. One of Chris Harrison's favorites. Um, and then you also had the future bachelorette and the winner yes. of this season, Emily Maynard. So you had a packed limo. You had like a very, um, I think they thought your limo was going far. Oh, I, yes, I, 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 definitely I, mean, I have to assume. Um, yeah, I mean, with Emily, it was so crazy. I remember when I first saw her, I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, they got a princess for the show. <laughs> she did she you know obviously I was only there for the one night so I had very little interaction with these women beyond that one night but she was so lovely she was just she was just this petite you know like beautiful like just just so poised so sweet oh, and I was like, I was like they, got a, they got a princess that's so crazy how did they do that but okay let's talk about your limo entrance so yes. how did that come to be? Did they, did your producer encourage what you said? Cause you kind of said like this little joke. Uh, yes. So why don't you tell me what you said? Well, I, you know, I, I assume I can, I can say all this now. Um, so they, you know, they talked to you about what they would really like for you to do. And like, what are your thoughts? And like, I kind of told them my thoughts. I was like, I was like, I want to tell him three interesting facts about me. So I'm talking to the producers and like, like, great, great. No. Have you thought about, and what I had been doing prior to doing the show was I was um, doing a production of 42nd Street, right? So I'm a tap dancer. They're like, have you thought about tap dancing? I was like, I'm sorry. And they're like, yeah, you should tap dance. And I was like, uh, no. That's my, that's my job. I want to keep everything about that as far away as possible. And they're like, no, no, no. I think he'd really like that. And I was like, nah, I don't think he would like that. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't want to tap dance out of limo. And they're like, no, no, no. I think that's a really great idea. And I was like, I will not be known as crazy tap dancing girl all over YouTube. I'm so sorry. I won't do that. So, you know, they kind of kept talking to me about it. And I was like, no, I just, that, that to me seems so gimmicky and that's not me. And that's what I do. And like, why would I do that? And, you know, back and forth and back and forth. So ultimately, of course, you know, as, as you know, I'm sure, you know, you've talked to a lot of different contestants is that nothing's scripted, right? But the producers are there to help things along is, is how this happens. Right. And so, what it eventually came to is that they can't force you to do anything. Right. So I said, I was like, I don't want to do that. It's like, I'm just going to say something when I get out of the limo. And wait, like, let me okay. pause. Did they make yeah. you bring your tap shoes? No, that was the thing. I didn't okay. have my tap shoes. I was like, so what I'm going to tap, I'm going to tap dance on like these four inch stilettos, <laughs> you know, like on rock. No, <laughs> no. And, and it's also a slippery that. driveway. Let's not mention that, you know, so slippery, you could have I, tripped and fall. I was 
absolutely not prepared for how slippery that driveway was going to be. But so I, yeah, I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not doing that. And so I didn't have my tap shoes. I would have had to tap dance in my like stilettos. I was like, no, we're not doing that. So then flash forward, I was like, I want to tell him these like three facts about me. I'm like, yeah, no, just tell him one. And he's like, oh, okay, well, that's all right, fine. So at that point, so they forced you. They basically said, don't do three. You, you wanted to be like, hi, I'm Sarah. I love Star Wars. You know, I just want you to know a little about me before, you, you know, I yeah. go inside the house. Exactly. And they said, exactly. no, they turned that yeah. down. Yeah. By them saying no to that, did that encourage you? Like, I can't do it. Did it make you think like, if I go out of the limo and I say three things, they'll be pissed at me. Or did you just know like, oh, I should trust them because they have better judgment than I do. Uh, It was more so just a knowledge of the industry of knowing that I could say those three things and they could edit it anyways. So they're probably going to edit it to one regardless. So I was just kind of like, oh, all right, well, obviously they're only going to let me do one. So I'm just going to say one. What am I going to say that's going to like say a little bit about myself and like one tiny little blip? And I just kind of, I don't know. I don't know if it was the nerves or like what, but I just was like, okay, I'm just going to say this. And it was, it was a little, you know, especially with what we do with, with performing so much of it, it's like off the cuff improv. And so I kind of got out and I thought I had like a solid plan in my mind and I just, Looking back, I'm like, why did I say that? I just, so <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I went back and watched and you're not, you're not saying it. So I'll say what you said. You basically said like, you told him that you couldn't snap your fingers. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, I, I mean, did you try to snap your fingers? I don't remember if you were like showing him or you're I'm just trying like, to remember. I, I can't snap my fingers. And, and had you run that idea by the producers as one of your options? Uh, no, if I remember correctly, I don't think I told anyone. <laughs> so I'm sure, I'm sure they were like off, off screen being like, wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, yeah, no, I think I, I, basically that exactly. I said that, you know, I just wanted to make sure this important thing wasn't a deal breaker, you know, before we move forward that, you know, I'm sorry, I can't snap my fingers. And at the time I thought, oh, it's cute. And now looking just back, a little was, joke. Okay, well, maybe could have said something more interesting. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's just the entrance out of the limo. I mean, most people say really stupid things or gimmicky things, so it's it's and fine. I, yeah, and I didn't want it to be a gimmick. I just wanted to tell him something about you know I'm a very I'm a very open and honest person, and so I just wanted to be like, look, here's something about me. This is random, but you know, I think people people to me are so interesting by the fact that everyone's, everyone's a little quirky, right? Everyone has their quirks. And I really, I love that about people. And so I kind of wanted to share that a little bit about myself of here's a quirk about me that I can't, like, I literally can't snap my finger. I still can't. I've done Legally Blonde, like, I don't even know how many times and I I still can't snap my fingers. So it's just. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, then it was the right thing for you to say. Yeah. it was, it was silly. And he was, and Brad, I will say he was very gracious. He didn't, he didn't act like I said anything silly at all. He was very sweet about it. You know, no, he looked so fun. normal. He looked yeah. so normal. Um, so before we talk about what happened inside the house, so leading up to getting inside the house, um, like I said before, you were in the very last limo. There were five limos. Uh, you were in the fifth. Uh, and it was kind of an odd setup. It was like the first limo had 10 people and then all the other limos had five. So, I mean, truly, 
you had the packed limo. Like Chantel, who was the first out of the limo, went on to be number two. And then I think Ashley uh, Huber was also in that limo. So basically like the first limo and your limo were the limos. They were like the key limos because Michelle Money was the fifth person. So she wasn't top four, but she got kicked off right before hometowns. Right, right. And I think they knew she was going to go far. And then Kelty Knight, you know, I don't know. I'm just, my guess is that maybe there was anticipation that you and Kelty, for example, might have gone a lot farther. Um, and that's just my guess. Um, but I, I definitely think that the first limo and the last limo usually are pretty telling. It's those limos in between that, you know, sure. there might be one standout, but there's not a lot usually. Um, and that's just from watching every season of the show. I love it. Uh, personally. <laughs> so, uh, and taking notes. So, um, okay. So back to your limo, when did you meet the girls in your limo? Did they congregate you all in the lobby of the hotel or did you just meet them once you got into your limo? What was that like? They do. They congregate you like right before you get into the limo. And so basically you just, you have the time in the limo, um, that you're, you're getting in. And I, you know, I'm trying to remember how long it took for us to get from the hotel to the house. Um, but I want to, I mean, I want to say it was a little bit of time and, and, but even at that time, you know, there's, there's always, there's always a producer there. Right. So there was like a couple producers in the limo and, um, and so everyone was just kind of chatting and kind of getting to, to know each other. And the other thing that, that stands out to me about the limo really was, when we drove up to the house, when, I mean, of course, everyone's seen that iconic mansion. It's gorgeous, right? It's just absolutely beautiful. And then, you know, it, it just, we pulled up and we saw this man standing there and literally my entire limo like freaked out. And was like, oh my gosh, it's Brad Womack. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I was like, great. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you still remember that. This is like 10 years later and you still remember that moment, you know, That's pulling up in front of the, the house. Brain. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, just to see, because it's so, it's so surreal, no matter, you know, where you are, whether or not you were a fan of the show or not, just, I don't know, being in this, like a beautiful dress. Um, you know, being in this limo, given champagne, um, you know, you're like, everyone looks so fancy. And then you get out and there's this, this, you know, handsome man standing in front of this mansion. And like, there's like flowers everywhere and lights and it's, it's dark and it's just so magical. And it's like, it's really, it's a very poignant moment. You're just, uh, I don't think I'll ever forget that moment. Yeah, that's, yeah, it definitely sounds like a very poignant moment. And for a performer too, you know, you, you're used to being on stage, you're used to having the lights on you, not only for your job, as you said, um, prior to that, when you did pageants. So it's interesting hearing your perspective too, from that angle as well. Like you were kind of used to this. You're not just like a marketing coordinator or an IT consultant and then thrown into this world, you know? Um, So while you're in the limo, you said it was the five of you and a few producers and you guys had champagne. Um, do you remember like what the conversation was like, you know, like, were you guys all just chit chatting or were you getting to know the girls? And like, do you remember having conversations with any of those five girls? So you had Kelty, uh, Emily Maynard, this girl named mm-hmm. Britt and Michelle Money. I do remember, have one specific memory of Michelle and 
but it was in the house. We were all, there was a couple of us sitting around. It was probably like four or five of us. And, and I, I'm trying to remember there was um, a, a lovely girl named Lacey. I do remember like Lacey was there. Michelle was there. I was there. I think Madison was there. The, the, the girl who said she was a vampire. Um, oh yes. Of us. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, it's not, no one tells you what to say. Right. But things are encouraged. And I remember like uh, one of the producers came up to us and was like, was like, girls, why don't you talk about Brad's eyes? And of course I'm sitting there and I was like, the first thing that flashed through my head was like, what gosh, what color eyes does he have? I should have been paying more attention. Um, and Michelle, boom, instantaneously. She was like, and I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was something along the lines of like, Oh, his eyes are, are beautiful. They're like two pools. I just want to like jump in and like, just like swim around it or something. It was something, it was ridiculous. But all like, all it went through my head was, I was like, Oh, Oh, she's good. Oh, she gets it. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, I'm going to be really bad at this. <laughs> like, so, um, so, so she just like jumped just right like, in. Producer like, said, I, say something. And she said, okay, I'll, you got so, it. I'll make, um, I'm going to make a comment, a and, joke. Yep. Oh yes. And I don't, and like, I'm sure I'm paraphrasing with what exactly she said. It was so long ago, but it, I mean, she was just on her mark, ready to go with whatever and, they asked her and just had the best answers to everything. And I had terrible answers to anything they asked me because, you know, so many of the questions that they're asking on those first nights, like, what's, what's your impressions of the other girls? Like, what's your thought about this girl? Like, and of course for me, you know, I just met all these women. I'm like, oh, they're lovely. Oh, I had a really nice conversation with, you know, with Lacey, or I had a really nice conversation with Emily or like, like, no, but like, you know, what else, what else? It's like, Oh, I don't know. We talked about our jobs, you know. Oh, okay, great. Uh, she has a puppy. You know what I mean? Like, it, I, I was not, I was terrible. You were I not was in really, the drama. really bad. No, I'm not a dramatic person at all. I, I actually can't stand drama. So I don't know why on, on earth I thought that I'd be able to survive on the show. But I wasn't, I when I went it. in, I, I wasn't thinking about it that way. I just thought, oh, I'm going to meet some nice people. Yeah. I've never been to LA. <laughs> It's an experience. It's, it's fun. Experience. Exactly. So, it's fun. So I love that you have that vivid memory of Michelle because that is totally like her character. She is like always on point. She's hilarious. She's a very quick-witted woman. Anyway, so Michelle Money is super quick. But in the limo, or did you kind of make a connection? Like did the five of you kind of make a connection that then once you got into the house, you stayed together like in a group or was it you just had a little bit of chit chat in the limo and then by the time you got into the house, did you almost everyone kind of fend for themselves? So much of it happens so fast, which is kind of crazy, but um, you know, you kind of, you, you meet the bachelor and then you just kind of get like shuffled into this house. And there's, you know, at that point in time, prior to that, you've been by yourself right? For, for quite a few days, because you don't get to meet the other girls. And then all of a sudden, you're in this room full of so many women. And they're all, they're all beautiful. They're all very, like, you know, I, I found a lot of them to be like, very intelligent, you know, really smart women, um, very accomplished. And so it's just kind of like, it's so much, it's just so much. Um, so I, 
I'm trying to remember most of my, you kind of get like shuffled around. So okay, like let's talk about that. When you say you get shuffled around, is it, um, did you walk in and were you allowed to just go to the bar and grab a drink and sit on whatever couch you want? Or was your producer constantly checking in with you and saying, Sarah, why don't you come over to this part of the couch? Or Sarah, we need you for an interview right now. Or Sarah, why don't yeah. you join those girls over there? A lot of that does happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're definitely free to walk around the house, but you are absolutely um, encouraged to go in different areas. And exactly like, like I remember there was like one time where I was like sitting. In fact, I think I was sitting with like, it was like Lacey, Michelle, um, Madison, maybe, and maybe someone else. And I, um, the producer came over and she was like, Hey, why don't, you know, why don't you go and sit over here outside on the lanai? Um, and so I ended up with like a different group of girls. And so it wasn't, you know, you do end up meeting a lot of people. Um, a lot of it was just kind of getting shuffled around and then they would be like, oh, why don't you go over here? And then, oh, we got to pull you for an interview. Oh, you know, and so it was just a lot of back and forth. And so for me, I wasn't able to really like nail down like first night, like, um, really strong connections. Let's talk about your representation on the footage. So rewatching it um they used your face a lot you know for that ceremony they love your face let me tell you Sarah I swear so it's kind of funny because like I know you as a blonde you're a blonde you've been a blonde for years and so in my head I thought you were always a blonde and you were a brunette I mean you were like was that was your hair dyed yeah it was it was I was dying it darker Mm mm-hmm um, so they had you, this taller girl in the front row, but they used your face a lot, but yet we never saw, we never saw any interaction with Brad and we never saw any ITM. So tell me about that for you, you know, cause I'm sure you did ITMs. Um, so let's talk it there first. Do you remember that night, all the footage they got of you privately? Um, I do now. I, I'm so sorry. I, ITM stands for. <laughs> I'm killing you right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I just I forget. You're right. You never watched it. So, um, I love it. You're a contestant who never watched it. Um, so ITM is in the moment. So they do the the interviews. They do. So like in the moment interviews is when they pull you aside to a side room and they ask you like Sarah. So what do you think of the Bachelor and like you just told me earlier, you were like recapping the conversations you had. Um, so yeah, like how long, like, were you doing multiple in the moment interviews that night or was it just one 30 minute interview? Yeah, there were a couple times I would get pulled aside, um, for those, like you said, like those in the moment interviews. Um, I remember they, they kept asking me a lot about Madison, the, um, who, the um, they asked me a lot about her. Um, you know, they asked me a little bit about the bachelor. Um, I, the reason there's no footage of me talking to Brad is I never got to speak to him. <gasps> so I never spoke to him. Oh my goodness. So yeah. how did that come to be? Like, did you ask production at, at, or did you ever, did you say like, I want to go talk to him. Can I go interrupt? Or did you just feel like interrupting? How did that play out? So I, you know, I asked multiple times to, you know, to speak to him and, like, oh, can, am I going to get a chance to to talk to Brad? And and they kept being like, oh, yeah, 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 later, later, later. And so, you know, I never, and there was a couple times he like 
we would be in a little group and like he'd walk by. And of course, everyone, all these girls are desperate to talk to him, right? And they know. I mean, I'd never watched the show, but I, I knew that's my lifeline, right? You have to talk to Brad. If you don't talk to Brad, you're like, whoa, there's no connection. Why would he keep you around, right? So I kept being like, oh, let's, you know, if you would walk by, be like, Brad, come, you know, come talk to us. Like, come sit here. There's a nice spot here for you. And like, he can't, right? Because he, he is there to essentially, there's a bunch of stuff he has to do, right? So you can't just be like, oh, just give me five minutes. Well, they might have a, a interview set that they have to like do right then and there in that spot. So you know, from a production standpoint, it's not like you can just grab him whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I never, I never got to, to talk. I did try, but I never, I never. So tell me about that. your trying. Yeah, that's crazy. So tell me like how you try. Do you remember watching him have a conversation with someone else and standing in the wings? Yeah, and and you were like, about hey, to interrupt, I, or yeah, yeah can tell I like me go about talk that. To him and, well, you know, here's here's the thing. Now I would feel much more bold about being like, no, I'm going to go talk to him. No, 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 I'm going to go do that right now. At the time, you know, I was like, I would be like, oh, can I go talk? And they're like, oh, not yet. I'm like, okay, I'm sure they'll let me do it later. You know what I mean? And like, I would just like, oh, can I do it now? No, no, later. Oh, okay, great, great, great. I'll just wait my turn. You know what I mean? And the women, obviously, that do well on the show are the women that are like, uh, no, not later, now, you know? And I'm just this young 25-year-old from Michigan who's like, okay, oh, great. They, so they told me I could talk to him later. So great. That'll happen. <laughs> that is so awful. Oh, my Lord. Oh, so no. I didn't so then talk. how... How disappointed were you when they said, okay, it's time for the rose ceremony. And at that point you, you probably realized like, this is it. Like I never got to talk to him. Were there a lot of girls though, that didn't ever talk to him? Do you remember yeah. like conversing with the other girls? Yeah. Yes. Cause there were a lot of girls that were upset that we like hadn't gotten to talk to him. So yes, because I think at some point in the night it became pretty clear that like some of us weren't going to get to talk to him. And now I don't know if that was more unusual just to our season, because if you remember, our season was the first season of 30 girls, right? Up to that point, it had only been 25. So it might have always been planned that there were like five girls, so to speak, that weren't going to get to talk to him because maybe there wasn't going to be time. You know what I mean? From a production standpoint, there probably was that conversation of, we're not going to have time to have all 30 girls talk to him. So, you know, we're only going to have time for I don't know, 24 or 25. So there were some of us that did not get to talk to him. And yeah, everyone was pretty upset because, you know, you come all this way, you know, you've gone through all these interviews and you want to talk to him. Like you're, he's the reason that you're there. You're literally on a show called the bachelor and you can't talk to the bachelor. So I know. um, And not to mention, like you said, you kind of left your, your job to do this. Um, had you, I know another aspect of is a lot of women will spend, thousands of dollars and buy, you know, new clothes for this experience because you're oh, packing yeah. for, you know, a month plus. So was that another, um, part of this? Had you purchased a bunch of new clothes and, you know, were you preparing for certain activities and trips with this experience? Now, again, I, like we talked earlier, I used to compete in the Miss America organization, right? So I had a lot of gowns. So I didn't purchase any gowns because I, I like the, the gown that I wore that night was a, a gown I wore in a pageant, like a couple years prior to that. 
So I had, I didn't really have to purchase many things to be on the show. Um, I remember I purchased like a swimsuit. I think if that was like the, I, for whatever reason, that's like sticking out to me that I was like, I was like, Oh, I need a new swimsuit for the show. I should get a new swimsuit. Um, and so, but I do, I do recall leaving that night and I don't remember who said it, but we got into the, to the van to like take us away. And one of the girls was like, I spent like $15,000 on the backyard <gasps> of my parents' house getting it ready for the hometown date. And I was like, you what? You know what I mean? So I just remember being like, I, it was that moment where I was like, oh, oh, I, I get it. This is like, this is a big deal. deal. I did not know what I was doing or what I signed up for. It was just like, there was so many moments that night where I was like, oh, should have watched the show. You know, I should have had a general idea of what I was signed up for. Um, um, yeah, so speaking yeah. of that, so you were leaving in the limo. I was always wondering this. Um, that night one, the group of girls who all exit, did you all leave in one limo together? I, yes. If I, remember, I believe we did. I think everyone was in that limo. Okay. So before you left, did they like stop every one of you and do an exit interview? Yes. Like, did you? Okay. Mm-hmm. So again, we didn't get to see that about you. They, they really just didn't show as you besides your beautiful face. They definitely they, were like, let me, let us, let's show Sarah's face. We love your face. Like they showed your face as much as like Emily Maynard's face. But I was, what was so funny is that, you know, watching, watching it that night, I was like, oh my gosh. Cause you're right. They kept showing my face, but they, I didn't speak. I think they showed like one little blip of me saying like something during the show and then something at the end, like that was it. I got like zero screen time except for the rose ceremony where you're exactly right. They just kept showing my face, but I looked so angry. (laughs) I was like like watching that. I was like, why do I look so angry? But I was tired. I was so tired. You know, like by that point in the night, you're exhausted. You've been there for a long time. You know, um, how long was it? Yeah. Like, what time it do you was, think you got out of the limo and what time do you think the rose ceremony ended? They didn't, I mean, from my recollection, I didn't have a watch on. There were like really like any watches or like or clocks or watches around. I, it was, I know it was, a, it was a long time. Um, but all I remember is like standing there being like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And I, I definitely felt a little dejected. And the fact that I wasn't able to speak to him. And then also the fact that I think at that moment, I kind of realized that I, I didn't quite understand what I'd gotten myself into. Um, and, and honestly, I would not have, I would not have thrived in that situation anyways. You know, I, you kind of have to be a certain personality type. Um, you know, the idea when you get in there and you realize what you're doing, you're literally fighting over a man. Like that is what, that's what you're doing, right? You're, you are there, you are trying to win that one person. And for some people, like that's exhilarating. You know, that's like a competition. Like I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to show this person who I am. And I think for other people like myself, that that's kind of a scary thought of like, oh my gosh, like how, how do I, how do I compete against all these women for this one man? 
you know, and so I, again, I think some people thrive and I think some people don't. And I definitely was one of those people. I wouldn't have thrived. I would have just probably gone into my shell and been like, what is happening? (laughs) And that is part of the social experiment of the bachelor and the bachelorette, you know, and and having all these women and men and just seeing, I think they know, they know there's going to be people who don't connect with the bachelor or in your case, didn't even get a chance to connect with the bachelor. Um, Cause who knows, like, had he got in to sit down with you, you might've definitely got in that rose that Mm -hmm. first night. And, um, but you know, the producers always try to push along certain people. So for whatever reason, the women who might've created more drama for episodes two and three, maybe they wanted to keep those women on and they thought, Oh, Sarah's just nice. She's not going to bring any drama. So, you know, that is part of that too. I, I think that, you know, there's different roles. There's, there's little boxes that have to happen, you know, and obviously, like you're saying, like the social experiment, you have the sweetheart, you have the, you know, you have the girl that's going to bring the drama, you have the girl that's going to be, you know, kind of awful to the other contestants, you have, you know, you have the girl that's like laser focused. And so, and if you're not one of those people, or it hasn't been decided, because like, I do think a lot of the women, at least on my season that were there, a lot of them were very sweet, a lot of them were very nice. And I think a lot of us probably fit into that, like little, like nice box. And it's like, you can't have a bunch of women that are just going to be super nice and sweet on the show. You do have to have some differences. So otherwise, like, who's going to watch that? Right. And so I, right. I think, I, I think there, because there were extra as well on my season, mm. I think there was a lot of us that were just kind of like, they're nice. I, I don't know if they were going to push them further. Like exactly what you were saying. Gotcha. Well, I know you noted you thought um, Emily Maynard was really sweet. Did you get so to talk sweet. to Ashley at all? Because I know you were standing yeah. next to her. Ashley was very sweet as well. I really liked Ashley. Ashley was fun because she was um, she was uh, super sweet, but also like a little bit of a spitfire, at least I found with the conversation that I had with her. Um, just very, just very fun. I really liked Ashley. I really, I really liked all of the women. There wasn't anyone really that I was like... Um, I do remember, and I don't, I, I wish I could remember like who it was. I don't remember, but like, there was definitely at one point, there was like a conversation where the girls were like, "Mm, I wonder who's had plastic surgery in here. And like, I was like, what, what, you know, of course I'm like, I'm like so young. I was like, why would you even talk about that? Also, I could not have been able to tell. (laughs) No idea. Um, you know, but on the whole, like really, truly on the whole, everyone was really, really sweet and really, really nice. So I love, I love that someone brought that up. That's so funny because you were kind of on it at a time when that started becoming more common, you know, as far as like really, really, I don't want to say plastic surgery wasn't common before, but you know, nowadays I'd say for the last like five years plus, there's so many women who've come on the show who have breast implants or Botox or, um, various injections. And and some women, some women will say Botox is not work, but it's something. So the reality is there's a lot of women who go on the bats who've had work done in some capacity or a nose job or something. Um, but like if recently they aired the very first season, it was Alex Michelle's season, and this was in 2002. And I swear, none of those women had any work done. Mm-hmm. You know, if they were, if they had great boobs, they were natural. If they right. had pretty faces, it was natural. They didn't wear a ton of makeup. You know, like so, right. the aesthetic was very different. And 
2010, when you filmed, you know, this was a decade ago. Um, I, you know, I was in my twenties as well. I remember it was, it was rare to come across a friend who had breast implants and Mm -hmm. I didn't know anyone who had Botox. I didn't know anyone who had nose jobs. It was very rare people who had nose jobs who were in their twenties. So to kind of wrap up here, um, so you got off the bachelor, they put you in a limo, uh, with a bunch of other women who left for the night. Um, did you just immediately go back to your room and take a really long nap or, you know, did you, they fly you out the next morning right away? How did that all work? And then at that point, were you just off and no contact again, or did the producers stay in contact with you throughout the season as it aired? Um, so what was the experience like post-show and leaving LA? Of course, of course. Um, so, you know, we, we, we were leaving the, the house. I remember I was absolutely exhausted. Um, I got back to the hotel room. I remember I like literally laid down, I like laid my head down on the pillow and then I got a phone call. And like, that's the thing when you're on the show, right? Like time is not yours, right? You are absolutely at their schedule, their beck and call, um, which is, which is understandable. And that's what you sign up for. And, um, I remember my head hit the pillow and there was a phone call and they're like, uh, your flight is in two hours. You have to go to LAX like right now. And I was like, what? So I remember just like being like, okay, wow. All right. Okay, great. And so I like grabbed all my stuff and I like threw it all in my suitcase. And I like literally, of course they have a car service, like take you to the airport. And I got in the car and left. Wow. It was a very efficient, but also very, well, yeah. How do you not remember that? (laughs) Stay up all night long. And then you fly, you know, after staying up all night long, drinking and hanging out with a bunch of women. And then yeah. you uh, go home. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It was, wow. it was a whirlwind. And I was, I was one of the lucky ones in the fact that, you know, yes, I'd quit a show contract, but I, heart, I had a show lined up after that. So as much as I was technically you know, out of work, because you, you do have to clear your schedule for several months, obviously, in case you do make it to the end. Um, you know, but I knew I had a show coming up, like right after that, you know, some of these women, I, I was, I was kind of befuddled when I found out, you know, they had to like quit their jobs, they like, actually had to quit. Because that was the only way that they could do the show. I mean, there, there was like, one of the girls was a, a like a second or a first grade teacher. And you know, um, some of the girls were like paralegals and like, they like actually had to like quit. And I just was, I felt so bad for them because that's, that's a lot to have to give up for what sadly ended up being a very short period of time for a lot of them. Right. Very interesting. Yeah. So, so you guys left in the limo together and then you obviously went to your hotel room. Um, was that it? So did you not see any of those girls ever again? I, I did not, you know, I didn't see anyone after that again, um, you know, a little bit for, for some time, some of us kept in touch, you know, and that was, you know, 10 years ago, um, they made you delete like all social media, right? So like you couldn't be on social media. I mean, obviously that was pre-Instagram, um, so it was Facebook. you know, it was just Facebook, but you had to like be off of Facebook. Um, you didn't have your phones with you the entire time. And so there wasn't particularly a great way to like keep in touch. Um, I did find some people over the years, um, 
after the fact, obviously. Um, and like, we, we, you know, some of us like kept in touch like a little bit here and there. Um, and I know some of the, some of the girls, they, they would do like these bachelor weekends where like, like uh, it wasn't like the show didn't sponsor it, but like everyone would get together from like all the different seasons and we'd meet like all the different like contestants from other seasons. And I never had the opportunity to go to any of those because I was typically on a contract. Um, and so, yeah, so that was the last time I saw any of those girls. Well, tell all my listeners where you are now. Of course, of course. Um, so I'm based out of New York City. Um, I am, of course, grateful for the experience that I had on The Bachelor, but I think it ended probably exactly how it was supposed to with me. And um, it was really nice watching that recap because so many of the women that they had the recaps with, like, everyone looks great. Everyone's thriving. It's wonderful. Um, I'm extremely grateful. I have a six-month-old baby girl um, who is just uh, so sweet and we're learning more and more about her every day um my husband jc and i met uh we were working together uh doing a show in colorado um we were doing oklahoma and that's how we met uh almost oh uh five years ago uh like two weeks ago was our, our five years ago of meeting um Aww. so yes we'll have our, our third wedding anniversary in september so we're we're very happy we're very lucky we are currently in florida due to COVID. Um, he and I both uh, travel around um, still performing in music theater productions. And when we're not doing that, uh, we run events for a company based out of New York City. Um, obviously, COVID's changed a lot of things for us right now. Um, so right now, we're just kind of laying low and honestly enjoying the time that we get to have together. I never thought that we have a six-month-old and that he and I would have both been with her that whole time to like see her grow every little thing that she's done so it's actually been uh, quite a blessing so we're we're good I'm I'm very very lucky I'm you know I I found my true love and now we have a little love too Aww, that's so she's sweet. currently sleeping on me right now <laughs> <laughs> she's so sweet I wish I could see her face but she is oh, nuzzled know. up it's okay she's, she's nuzzled. nuzzled up with mom yeah. No, keep her nuzzled. Keep her nuzzled. Um, well, I'm so happy for your happiness. And um, we'll have to get together, honestly, when you're back in the city. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, I bet you don't even live that far from me normally. So we should, like, pick a spot outdoors, obviously. Yes, obviously. obviously. <laughs> so and actually, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So whenever you get back, we'll have to get together. Um, everything is outdoors, so that won't even be an issue. Um, but I thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing your story. Um, all the details of getting to night one and what happens on night one. Um, it's it's fascinating to hear and learn about. So thanks for sharing your story. And um, I am so happy that you got the final rose. <laughs> from your husband. On the Wings of Love is hosted by me, Marilee Green, produced by Chelsea Dick Smith, with music by Purple Planet. Thanks so much for listening to On the Wings of Love. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. On the Wings of Love, a bachelor's podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at On the Wings of Love Podcast. Please comment, rate, and subscribe. We would love to have your reviews. And I'll see you guys next time. 